Huh. This for them eavesdroppers. Listen a little closer, take advantage of what you hear. Our relatable thoughts can be contrasted and compared. Yeah, report cards came out, and we had some good feedback from the young man that we um, that we yeah. mentor. Uh, I I look forward for this semester to be even better semester uh, for a lot of them. But I mean, a lot of them were over within that two point mark or or above. Mm-hmm. They not overall GPA, but I mean. Yeah, that final grade, that bottom was in 2.0 mark. Okay. there You said it what? So there, their GPAs what? went up? Well, no, the GPA for the semester is a 2.0. Oh, yeah, which, yeah, 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 which, yeah. Which beats them being at a one point something. Absolutely. You know what I'm so they have a C average, which, which we can say is contributed to us, which it is. <laughs> yeah, which it is, uh, because if we wasn't on a lot of them on turning in work, bro, they, exactly, it would yeah, or just the belief that somebody believes in them. You get what I'm saying, and it's yeah. paying attention to yeah. what they got going on for sure. Yeah, so yeah. it definitely would have been horrible. Um, but like, so, no, I mean, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, David. No, I was gonna say I, I just think you know how I feel about the school system all together though. Um, I feel like it is uh, raising slaves, to be honest with you. I feel like um, because it generates, how the generations have been affected, I feel like that is starting to really affect our, how can I say, our, uh, I, I don't even know what they would call them. Was it Generation Z? Is that what they call them? I don't know what those kids are, honestly, what we're going to categorize them as generational. But let me tell you, they're raising slaves two different ways. They're raising house ninjas. Now, you know what? It is what it is because we got to take it. This is in context of what it was during slavery. So they pretty much raised in house and field niggas for real. So how, I, say how so? That, I say that in the context of your public education system that is found, it's all the public education system. However, when it is sectioned off into low and impoverished underserviced communities versus the uh, more affluent and established neighborhoods, there lies your differentiation of the field nigga and the house nigga. You get, you, you connect yeah, them with what I'm saying? You. Okay. I get what you're saying. So I get what you're you saying. have my students that they are pushing now into rural communities because they are gentrifying all the cities, and so they're not they're no longer um, taking Section Eight vouchers, or they're va- they're buying um, a lot of the apartment complexes or the homes, and they're making them um, more geared towards young hipster hippie style people, you know, so they're pushing a lot of the black or the lower income families out into the rural areas and the rural air rural areas are now becoming the dumping grounds for, um, those misplaced children. In turn, it is turning the school system and specifically in Wake County, it is going to be Eastern Wake. 
is specifically changing the dynamics of Eastern Wake, North Carolina, and the students who are coming out here are no longer in a diversified school population. So their experiences, who they're in the classrooms with, all of that is different. The growth, the potential and the growth is stunted specifically for that, um, for the reasoning. Now, slide over here to the right, and you have the more affluent communities where you have students who are exposed to families with wealthier incomes, parents who have um, their own businesses, and parents who have um, taught their children different things that bring value to the classroom in addition to what the teacher is teaching. You're essentially creating um, the culture for the haves and the have-nots in the Black community, the house nigga and the field nigga. Gotcha, gotcha. Still so you think that, you get what I'm saying? Exactly. So I mean, so you definitely feel that what what uh, again for a a version or I guess to put in different contexts is that you have the con. It's it, besides just the color issue, it becomes a economy issue. Absolutely. So basically, you got to pay to play. Yes. And if you can't pay, then you can't play. And if you can't play, you can't be educated. Properly. Essentially. Essentially. And people will argue that. And I would have argued that before becoming an educator, before being in the school system and seeing how this is actually set up. I would have argued, no, you can do everything at home to make sure your child has. And you can do this and you can do that. But, bro, you get in that school where everybody's grouped together and it's a whole nother ball game and you didn't believe it I'm sure yourself until you've seen it for yourself like that day we walked into that classroom and you experienced firsthand what that looks like yeah and you know and and think about but I will say this I will say it definitely starts at home as I'm learning yes. with a lot of, a lot of these situations so wait, we because... gotta break that conversation down too, so it doesn't go into so many different places. Let's start with the home, okay? Let's okay. okay so go ahead. So, yeah. So as we, I mean, if you let's start with the home. So if you start with the home and you look and you're looking at it uh, from the home perspective, and these kids are create those their mentalities are starting to be created in the home from Absolutely. that age from what uh, I think it's two to five where they're learning the most and all of this and mm -hmm. who they're going to be and how they're going to be and what you're pointing to them. I see that directly because with me and my wife, what we do with Caleb and Noah is that with, especially with Caleb, um, uh, since he's been with me since directly the time he's, uh, he's been born with being with both of us in the same household. So mm -hmm. she does little things like anytime he finishes a puzzle, at three years old, like she'll say, "You're so smart." So now mm -hmm. he will finish a puzzle, and he says, "I'm so smart." And okay. these things start to really be in their mind. So if someone on the outside, once he goes to school, school, mm -hmm. they'll say, "Oh, you're not smart." He says, "I am smart." Like that's how it's going uh -huh, to be. Uh -huh, and and, uh -huh. and he's been trained that way. Now yep. a lot of these kids that we see are not being trained that way. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of different. Um, situations as being the single mom, as we mm -hmm. talked about in our last episode. Um, but um, yeah. again, I think that there's still that time that you have to pour into a child. Absolutely. You know, See, what and I when don't you allow, 
Oh, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go. cut you off with that. No, I need to let you. I, I just want to be able. I need a button so I can tap in when I got something that I want to say. Like, I need to raise my hand while we on the phone. Right. So right. I can be like, wait, before but you no. take this somewhere else, David, I got something to say. say I will no. never yeah, say allow it. me personally, as much as I cried and ran and raved about being tired because I am a single mother, the reason why I am so tired is because I will never allow me being a single mother to impact her life my daughter's life in the way that it's going to stunt her growth in any capacity mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. am going to be as tired and i and, and my tiredness is for is for self like i can't do the things that i want to do for me but i'm going to do whatever is necessary and beyond for her simply because she didn't ask to be put in that single parent household exactly exactly and and i would say also i will go to this inside of the, the household is that you know as it's talked to a lot of us when the kid is bad at school and especially in the younger years they're bad at school the you gotta you gotta read Oh, yeah, you you have to eat that and you're gonna have to sacrifice yourself. You cannot have your free time. You cannot have I hear you. Okay. You cannot, like, that's why I am up at 2 o'clock in the morning watching The Flash, because anytime before then, I have to make sure I'm checking homework, packing lunch, doing whatever is necessary, you know, while she is doing whatever she do, to make sure that she has everything she needs to be successful, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, that's something that we need to talk about and address when we say, oh, we're raising slaves, yeah, because we're still in the slave mentality ourselves. And until you grow beyond your own personal, um, whatever that slave mentality is, you're instilling that in your child. So yes, when you're that two to age five that you speak about, where you're learning all these characteristics and behaviorisms, like, yes, you're a slave to television. You're a slave to your phone. You're a slave to social media. You're a slave to your attitude. You're a slave to your depression. You're a slave to all those things and you're carrying it and you're passing it on to your child. You're not instilling in them the things that they need to overcome the oppression of the situation. Right. Right. And so, yeah, so going back to what I was saying to, to go with that is that um, in those younger years when that kid brings home a red and, you know, you whoop him and send him to bed because he had a bad day. You can't whoop him and send him to bed, bruh. Mm-hmm. Just because you're frustrated and he was acting out, you, 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 I was, I'm a firm believer in whoopings. So if you got to whoop him because my man wild out, you whoop him, but then you say, you're sitting at that table and you're reading. Yep. You have to not only punish, but educate. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You yes. punish, you tell them why you punish, and then you educate. So since you want to do that, that adds 20 more minutes onto your reading. Yep, absolutely. Let's do that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. Sometimes people will say, well, now you may reading be a chore or a punishment. No, regardless, you're going to have to read. read the thing is, is that how long you're going to have to read. Yep. That, that is going to be the difference. So if you want to have that extra playtime, you shouldn't have took playtime while you were in school. Yep. And, that's how, and, and, and that's how you have to do it. Was it you that told me that your kid wouldn't have homework, so you would make homework for him? Yes. So the system right now where we live at, they do not give out homework um, to elementary kids. Uh, I don't know about middle or high school, but with elementary kids, they do not give out homework, which I think is the most ridiculous thing. And the amount of time that they only tell you 
the amount of time they say that make sure that the kid reads, like say it could be like 30 minutes a week, 30 minutes a week. My man reads two hours a day. Right. Um, and that's like reading a whole book and then also answering questions on that book. Mm-hmm. So if, and, and that's for him trying to get back to get up. He's surpassed grade level now, but before when he first got to here living here solely, he was not on grade level. Mm-hmm. And that was coming from a whole different educational system in North Carolina, which was one of the lowest. Um, and with that being said, like giving kids the kids that we had that's in this in the school system in this area uh, are majority us, yeah, majority uh, African American, yeah. and with that they need homework. They need homework. They need structure they, because parents wasn't already doing homework. So now that they don't come home with homework, yep. they go, they're definitely going straight outside to play. Because the- uh, they don't have anything. So they, if that mother's not home to enforce homework, then, or to say, did you do your homework tonight when she got home? And so they don't have any. Who's going to be there to say, all right, no TV, get a book, all of this? That's not going to happen. And I don't think it's like a business. Sometimes these school systems don't end up checking their demographics. Right. You know, they want to be the the new wave, but you can't be a new wave if the old waves don't even work. So, if your new waves are not benefiting, are not benefiting anything, I just don't see, I don't see how it's going to help let's, at all. Let me keep it in the context because we're going to get into the school system and get into what the classrooms look like and who's teaching your child. But to keep it on the basis of the parent, um, so in my school, we have a lot of minority students who are classified as um sped needing special their special education and Mm -hmm. back in the day special education used to be for students or people who really had um learning disabilities like for real mental disorders um that would prevent them from say that say mental not learning yeah not mental and so what it has evolved into with these IEPs, um, these individualized education plans and finding a lot of deficiencies in the child's ability to learn. 90%, I I don't even want to say 90. I can only say 90 just because I teach, because I teach um, career technical education. Special education is integrated into my classroom, whereas children who are in special ed, they might um, not be in the general population or regular education population because Mm -hmm. um, they're not taking the same math, the same reading, the same, you know, sciences. They're not taking those same courses. They're offered them in a smaller setting with a more um, not a one on one teacher, but just that self-contained classroom. That's how that's taught with the uh, core structure. Since I'm an elective um, class, they will still be in my classroom. It's not that they cannot learn. It's not that they don't have the ability to learn. It's that so many missing pieces from those early developmental years took place. They were somewhere Uh down the line. And I say this and I say this unapologetically. Your parents failed you. Mm-hmm. And I say that unapologetically because I also understand that it is not always the parent's fault that they failed their child. Somebody's parent failed them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we talk about yeah. um, raising slaves, it's a systematic um, re- 
uh, repetitive cycle that has taken place in specific households and specific demographics. Okay. Majority mm-hmm. of the time when you know better, you do better. Are you not a product of somebody who learned better? And so therefore when it came to your son, you applied better practices that than those that were applied to you. If you told, like you told me before you was dead in high school on the eighth grade reading level, somewhere down the line, your parents failed you for you to be in high school and on the eighth grade reading level. And whether we choose to believe that, oh, they they got the one for themselves, they got the one for themselves, you the parent, dog. You got to figure out how to uh, motivate them to want it for themselves. And, is, and, and, and when I say it's somewhere down the line, your parents failed you, I hope that you don't take it in like a negative context of your parent wasn't trying to be a good parent to you. But it's like in those fundamental years, Somebody mm-hmm. may not have read or found a tutor or found the resources or whatever was necessary to bring you up to wherever you needed to be at whatever point the gap started to take place, whether it was in the exactly. home or finding resources outside of the home. And I think exactly. that, that conversation has to be had. Like parents own the responsibility for why your child is in the place that they are in in the classroom or in their, um, in their learning, uh, the, not their learning structure, but just in their learning, um, their ability to learn for, I I guess. You have to, for instance, you have to know, like when you, when you, uh, a parent teacher conference isn't just for a teacher to tell you your child is, your child is just weak at this, your child is weak at that. Right. It's, It's to, you also supposed to add in, to that conversation, for instance, I give you an example. Um, my oldest son, I mean, very smart, but when it comes to reading comprehension, certain things, uh, if he reads it in his head, I feel like it's just not like I've I've seen it where I've seen him reading read in his head, and it's like it's jumbled. But then if he reads it out loud, he gets it, answer the questions, mm-hmm. and in testing settings, I know that he can't read out loud like he would as yes, if he, he was can. at home. Well, yes, I know I would have to make that accommodation. I would have right. to get those accommodations, um, which what I'm in the process of doing now. Um, but what I'm saying is that I have to be able to tell the teacher that. Yes. You feel what and I'm saying? So like, what, I what, have what to tell them mean? that. Now, what does that mean? You would have had to do what, David? I would have to. I would have to put time in with him. There you go. I would have to sit. Huh? No, I'm saying there you go. Yeah. Are we not spending time enough time with our kids in the classroom set and not the classroom in the educational setting? Are we as a community, are we as a minority community not spending enough time with our kids when it comes to We're educational not. activities? We're not. And and um we're not. No matter and, and I think and I think that that is being done regardless um of the economic I think that um, all in all, it's only a very select few that do pay attention. However, mm-hmm. I think across economic views uh, that that is still a struggle. But they got them Jordans on, bruh. But they got on, you know what I'm saying, that little... Oh, they fresh. MC, MC, whoever built. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, MCM built. So fresh to death. And I say this in the best possible light. I swear to goodness, some of the 
some of our less educated kids come to school dressed the absolute best. And it disgusts me because whatever money you spend on them Jordans, how about you enroll that baby into Sylvan Learning? How about you do that? How about you figure out what kind of Khan Academy tutoring or whatever is available and out there? You spend that money on your child being caught yeah. up. You know how yeah, embarrassing they are to read out loud? Your child can't even read yeah. out loud, but he looked good. She pretty. I was, but, and see, that's the thing. I was that kid, like, and that's why I'm so passionate because, like, I didn't have the Jordans. I didn't have all that. So we still didn't have all of that. We had the necessities. And my mom and my pops will definitely, I would definitely say that for them. We had the necessities. Christmas, they would go the extra mile to provide a little happiness more on Christmas because, you know, just like that. But when it came to um, the reading part, I was that kid that wasn't as fresh. But I was good in fashion, so I knew how to dress stuff up. Mm-hmm. But then I'm in 11th grade on the 8th grade reading level. Right. By the time it's time for me to graduate, I, can, I don't know the difference between there, there, and there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where, uh, where punctuation is. I don't know any of these things. So I'm in college, my first year of college, and my oldest son's mom is the one that's teaching me how to read and write. Right. You know, and, I, and at this point, I'm supposed to be writing 10-page papers. You know how I many? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I can't even tell you the number of students that are not prepared for college that I teach, and they just have all these big. I'm going to you, especially living in North Carolina. They going to UNC Chapel Hill, NC State. I mean, big dreams. Ain't nobody trying to go to the community college. Everybody they got big dreams for big schools. And oh my God, David, uh, do you not remember? We sitting in this classroom. This isn't even my class. We trying to have a conversation with these kids. And this girl, loudest one in the room, she pulling out her money like she, like she got Bruh. stacks on oh, that. You... No, no, here she go. Here she go. So we asking everybody where you want to go to school at, where you want to go to school at. Homegirl said, I want to go to Morehouse. And like, uh, <laughs> wait, you wasn't there. I told you about it, right? You, you told there. me about it. I, I was, was there for the money counting. Matter of fact, I was covering for the class. And whenever I cover, I use it as an opportunity to get them life experiences and talk. Like, listen, y'all gonna do your work, but we got to talk. Like, do y'all know what the GPA is? Do you know how to get it? Do you know how to bring it up? Like, let's talk. That's me as a I'll interject in my philosophies all in somebody else's classroom. I digress. But anyway, so I'm talking to homegirl and she minds you, this is a remedial math class. So I know I got to, you know, try to reach them and talk to them, see where their heads are. Talking to homegirl, she said, um, I was like, okay, so what college you want to go to? And she's like, I'm going to Morehouse. And I was like, mm. I said, um, uh, baby, you, you, um, you can, you can go wherever you want to go, but you can't go to Morehouse. I can go in any college I want to immediately defense. I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 baby. I'm not saying that you can't go because you're not smart enough. I'm saying you can't go because Morehouse is an all male college and, they're not going to let you in. But you can go to the sister college, Spelman. They're, you can get into Spelman. And I'm sitting here like when she said that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, 
this is the future right here. Like, this is this is the future, and this is the future for not just me and you. This is the future for my child too. At some right. capacity, but as you, the thing is, it's like you have no one to tell them, "Hey, you can go to Morehouse, but in graduate school." Oh, you, you feel what I'm saying? Like no one, like like no one's there to say that. Like go to Spelman, and then your dream is to go to Morehouse. Cool, get into Morehouse in the graduate program. Okay. See, I didn't even know that Morehouse accepted female students or applicants in grad school. So that's knowledge to you know that you just gave me. But I knew for sure mm-hmm. as undergraduate, you weren't getting in <laughs> to Morehouse. Yeah, that's they have a school of medicine. That you are that you will be able to get into uh, no matter the uh, male or female requirement. Okay, so what I'm saying is like, uh, so I when when she was all rah rah rah, you get what I'm saying um, in the classroom. I call her mom. I call the numbers, but so here we go again. I call like four or five different numbers that they had listed for her in in our school records and like one of the numbers may have worked one out of all of those that were listed and it wasn't even to her guardian it was to her grandparent and I'm having a conversation with her grandmother and just trying to let her know you know I really care and I'm passionate about my community and I felt the need to reach out you know because of the behaviors that she was um exemplifying and grandma you you can kind of tell um who uh, who you're speaking to on the phone with, how they speak with you. And so especially when it comes down to, you know, somebody calling from the school. And a lot of times when I say we are raising slaves, it's because you, we, or whoever has not, uh, have not arrived beyond the slave mentality. So we as a people... We have to progress individually before we can have a baby and raise somebody else outside of what we knew was truth and not what is truly the reality of what life looks like for us. Right. It's it's hard. And I don't think that um, I just don't think that a lot of people are willing to put in the work that is necessary to go beyond or is it that they don't know how like you know how you want to say I say being a single mom not using it as an excuse but like Mm -hmm. legit being um a person who doesn't have the knowledge in order to excel like is not having the knowledge reason enough now for you to continue down the path that you've been on that didn't um, yield the results needed to be successful in life. No, the same way you say to me, now you got to push past it, shy. You got to push past it, shy. I just feel like right now it's too many resources out here that are available. If you got, if you have an Instagram Google. account, a Facebook account, or if you have, you get what I'm saying, any type of social media that you know how to navigate, then baby, you have to be able to push yourself harder and be better and put in applications and do the schoolwork online that's necessary for you to learn more. Like you have to become more knowledgeable and more self-aware in order for you to be progressive and successful. And if we're not doing that on an individual basis, then how can we project that onto our children so that they can excel, do better and be better in the school system? Yeah. So, I mean, that brings us into whether, you know, I was listening to uh, Killer Mike. Killer Mike. I've been talking about Killer Mike. Yeah, lately. 
And um, his, his, his interview on The Breakfast Club, you know, check out this clip. I'm saying to put confident children in the world. See, because we always love that cop out of, hey, man, you know, we sent my children there for a better education. But the same niggas be telling me how much they paid for college. Your children ain't rewarding that by scholarshiping. You're not, you, after, you, after you do them years, you're not directing your children to Howard, not you. You're not directing your children to Howard or mm-hmm. Morehouse or Spelman or Bethune-Cookman or Tuskegee University. Mm-hmm. Then you're doing some further chump shit. You done telling them in, in, out of, for five, six years, you done been called a nigga. You done got a twisted word. Oh, it's a great education. The education don't even teach you as Egypt is in Africa. Don't teach you to be proud of nothing about yourself. It just teaches you how to take tests well and how to participate and coordinate according to the system and the way they teach you. And you never thought, God damn, I could start my own Montessori, Montessori school. All right. So, as you see, he, like, he's pissed about the public school system versus the private school system. Mm-hmm. In this situation, I am totally, so, my, I ain't gonna lie, my standpoint at first was like, yeah, definitely gonna send my kids to private school, boom, 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 boom. But as I've been so involved in the public school system and wanting to be a part of the public school system and create my own school, I'm an advocate for creating our own schools. Um, oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? For definitely, definitely creating our own schools. Um, I do think that, you know, that there's a culture in public school systems, especially in our own communities, that we need to support a little bit more and be able to pour our resources in, uh, elect certain people, and really pay attention to these people that are in places that are making the choices for the kids absolutely. and the youth futures in our education system. I don't think that we pay more, we don't pay attention to those votes. Mm-hmm. As much as we do presidential votes, mm-hmm. um, the things that are affecting us uh, in a totality there is what is what matters. And the people yep. that we need to hear speaking that's sitting on the school boards and all of that. We need those people that look like us to advocate. Yes. And say, no, we're not going to do this because this is not a benefit to our youth. Yes. Yes. This. And so hearing Killer Mike have that discussion, not only does it change my outlook, because I've always been the person at least. I'm with him on that 13, um, you know, at least till 13, then you can take them somewhere else. Because at that point they have give, they have gotten enough culture and also have gotten enough confidence, which starts at home within themselves to be able to uh, defeat any racist remarks or whatever, where, mm-hmm. however they go, or wherever they move, but mm-hmm. also being able to get them to be so in tune with themselves and loving themselves as, young black children yep. that once they once they graduate they will they will go to HBCUs they will get those scholarships because yep. I'm not paying $50,000 in private school for you not to get a scholarship to, and and then I got to pay another $100,000 for you yep. to go to UNC yep. uh, like there's no there, there's there's no direct benefit there when you can go to public school and be able to dominate the public school system with a 4.0 Go to the go to a HBCU, get a full ride to a Howard or a right. Morehouse or a Spelman, right. um, and be able to come out and do certain do substantial things within the community that you came from the same public school systems. So, so I I I I you know Aria's in a private school, right? Aria's in a private school because of her age. She's not in a private mm-hmm. school by default. It just costs less than um, daycare. You know, daycare. Her right. school is less than daycare. And they would allow her to go to this specific private school because her birthday failed before the date that the public school would accept. So 
my default Aria's in private school. However, my child is getting a different type of education than she would if I put her in a private school, not based on where I live, but based on where you I You mean live. a public school? A public school, yeah, based on where I teach versus based on where I live. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I say that because if you, so Aria is like, she's academically gifted. I was an acad- academically gifted child. My parents did not have to pour so much into me as far as education goes. I just right. got it. That girl's smart. Um, she is yeah. smart. She is. I told you when I saw her working on the board and acting like a teacher, like she legit was teaching herself equations that she did not know, which was crazy she- to me. She does that now. She pretends she's teaching her students like at home what her teacher has taught her. But I know that what she is getting is not being taught in the, in a lot of public schools where black children are. And so when you speak about, you know, yeah, your child can go and dominate the public school system. They can. And I don't mind are you going to public school, but it's where they go to school at. When you have a majority of your school that operate that is operated by people who don't look like you do you know the mindset of the black kids already going into the classroom with someone who doesn't look like them that comfortability is not there and you have to be able to um you have to be able to relate to your student in order to reach them and that's uh i hope to one day at my school um lead all types of professional development on ways to reach the minority child in the eastern wake part of north carolina i'm from the eastern i'm from the eastern parts of north carolina so i understand the culture which i think in turn allows me and i'm from the rural parts it allows me to relate to my students just a little bit more my students in turn in turn they try harder they push themselves um, more in my classroom than they do in other. I can't even tell you how many teachers will come into my classroom and can't believe that somebody is in there doing work. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know this child to act any other way other than, you know, how they act in my classroom because you have to set that bar. You have to not see them as the slave. You have to not see the children as the slaves and you have to right. give them everything that they need. You teach with all the passion, all the love, all the care that you can, like they your very own. And if your kids are in a classroom where the teacher is not doing that, then they are, and this is where the public school fails our children. The child suffers and doesn't get the education. They don't get the learning, the comprehension, the development that they need, nor do they get the confidence to be able to move forward because the place isn't safe. It's not a safe place for them to learn, and therefore they don't learn. They do the bare minimum just to get by. That's what happens, and it's unfortunate, and I see it day in and day out. Let me tell you what's wild, though. When my principal come and pull the statistics of our school system, uh, um, in my class, not our school system, in my school in particular, pulls the statistics on the kids that are getting the disciplinary issues, the kids that are getting written up, the kids that are getting suspended. Do you know how crazy that data looks with it being like 80 some percent blacks that this is happening to in a school system where 80 percent of the teachers who teach these black kids are white? And this is why I'm trying to get so frustrated as a teacher. And this is why I can't really articulate myself in me. I'm always one minute away from standing up and being pro-black 
in every staff and development, professional development meeting that we have. Because until you can address this issue, don't talk to me about data. Don't talk to me about these numbers and how skewed they are based on your impression of who that child is before you even meet that child, before you even learn what they have to fight against and you try to reach them. Don't talk to me about that because I have a very serious issue with teachers who do not have empathy and compassion for who they are teaching. Don't see them children as little black slaves because that's not what they are. That is not who they are. You give and you you give until you cannot give anymore. You're not going to reach every child. And that's cool. That's cool that you're not going to reach every child, but you're not going to try. Stop trying. You're not going to give up. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make it right. very clear what your expectations are. And you push until the end of your semester, quarter, or whatever school year is with that child. And then somebody exactly. else can push. But you do your exactly. due diligence and you do your job while you have that child in your care. That's your job. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, and you've been a direct, you, you've been a vessel to that, to the kids. And because of that, We've been able to see from what I what I know, I've been able to see uh, what that looks like on your testing alone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah third Boy, year like testing, the yeah, third yeah. year is different. Like I learned how to because the first year I tried to teach, teach, teach a built relationship. The second year I tried to teach, 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 build relationship, and deliver curriculum and I made some headway. This is my third year and it's di it looks real different. It looks yeah. really different my third year and the test scores. Being able to have different. people come from out of the outside of the classroom to the classroom so they're able to see different mm -hmm. people. Um, I think that's something and that you can do that in the English class. You oh, know, you bring, out, you bring in outside poets, um, yep. outside rappers, outside um, music, just music industry, or whatever the case may be, outside teachers, you know, Bro, I almost flipped my computer off my desk. You know, I get right crazy. Right then, you speaking, I almost just like, I like to, I like to flip stuff over. I almost flipped this computer dramatically off of my <laughs> desk, but it belongs to the school system, so I can't be breaking that stuff. But if they were to design curriculum-based materials that could reach this demographic do you know the leaps and bounds that that will do do you know how hard it is for a teacher to have to put together almost their own curriculum in conjunction with the curriculum that they give in order to teach the demographic that's extra work and teachers don't want to do anything extra god knows don't send me nothing i want to do but there are teachers that will go and pull a whole jay-z album print the lyrics, blur out the curse words, and then have the kids go in and make it grammatically correct, and that's their lesson. Uh, duh. They're going to relate to it. You might even play exactly. the clean version of the song in the classroom. You get what I'm saying? Or have that, have them be. There's a uh, a dude out in Greenville, uh, something bomb. Oh, you're talking about that teacher? The yeah, teacher yeah, that got yeah. recognized? Uh-huh. Um, it's Michael yeah. Bonner's son. I can't think his, his name might be Michael Bonner. But um, right. I, I know his sister Candace, but like uh, it's those are the type of people that make a difference. Those are the type of people that will reach that student that no one else will or that people they'll reach the students that um, and put forth the effort and energy 
beyond what is required of them because their heart is in it. When we can get people out of the classroom whose heart isn't in it, or if you want to teach, if you want to teach uh, engineering to only highly intellectual kids, then you do that wherever you want to do it. However, if you want to come and help some students in a low and impoverished community tap into their ability to do that as a career, to jump into engineering, to understand it so they can develop it, develop it, then damn it, that's what you signing up to do. Stop jumping into these schools for paychecks and then you get in here and you can't handle it. Like I've seen teachers cry. I've seen teachers. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, be clear. Like, You've seen grown man teachers cry. Yo, <laughs> yes. No, I've seen grown men teachers legit have to take a mental health break because they can't take the classroom and what's going on. Like, what? And I, for the life of me, I told my kids, if y'all ever... If I'm ever in here crying because of y'all, y'all better clear my classroom out. That's what you better do. Because if you got me in here crying, this is a whole nother ball game. And that means I done stepped out of myself as an educator. Clear the room. Right. <laughs> but right. No that, means, that means that y'all have been so disrespectful that I internally broke down. And so, yeah. That means that y'all gonna... And you know me, I would say that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you will. You know, yeah, you got to be, say you got to be escorted off the premises, sir. We we are we both <laughs> in jail, on it. But no, but the thing is, because of who I am, y'all will never get me there. And I tell my students that, like, y'all don't understand how many kids come to me with a rah 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 day one, day two, day three for this power struggle and think they're going to do me the way they do these other teachers. Let's go ahead. Let me go ahead and stop my whole class, me and you outside in the hallway. Look, little black girl, I'm a black woman. You are me and I am you. What you will not do is get in here and be disrespectful to me because I'm not going to be disrespectful to you. I'm in here to help you get an A and boost your little stinking GPA. That's what I'm here to do. Now, you can either receive it or you can get out my classroom. You got one or two options and guess what they all do? Hug it out. Be somewhere crying because somebody actually care about them and get in there and get that A and boost their GPA. Like, stop playing with me. And then I got to break All it right. down. I mean, my classroom becomes a therapy zone. It's like, yo. Well, you know, I know. You know, you I know. Do. I've seen it. I've seen <laughs> you it. You know. Seen but it. the thing is, you can't take me out of context of who I am as this grown black woman because I understand you're dealing with traumatic issues in your life and, that most people... And grown issues. Understand. Yeah. Grown issues that you shouldn't have to deal with as a child. Yeah. I mean, there's... There's, there's kids that have whole babies in your class. Oh, my gosh. I just went you to a baby saying? shower. No, I missed the baby shower. Oh. My bad. But that was the girl. She graduated. She actually go to the Winston-Salem State, and I'm praying to God she continues. But I have a student in the 10th grade who does have a baby. I just went to her daughter, her son's one son's one year birthday party I guess I said whatever mm -hmm. I just went to his birthday party like you a whole and I, I and I went to the uh, birthday party and I hugged her the child's father and I hugged her and I said y'all did it I said you raised a child for one full year and look at that baby he happy he healthy and y'all are here never stop pushing never let right. 
that fact that you had this child stop you from doing whatever it is you need to do to be successful and internal and and then um building your son up to be just as successful never stop like don't let that be what stops you from moving forward and you have to speak that life into these so you have to speak life into your students and so many days I walk away with a heavy heart and I want to cry because I'm like my god why do you deal with this like why is your mama why is it that you tell me your mama don't care about you why is it that you feel this way that your daddy like you don't have a good relationship I had a kid jump up out my classroom run to go answer the phone because his daddy called him while we in school I done had kids parents FaceTime them dead in the middle of my class and I'm on the FaceTime like hey nice to meet you i miss edwards we're having class right now like why is you you know the school hours why are you calling your why are you facetiming your kid at 10 o'clock in the morning it's not lunchtime. like cut it out that's that slave mentality you can do what you want until what master shut it down now i got a disciplinary write-up right now i'm forcing you forcing my hand like that's stupid it's ignorant why you want to do that Anyway, I mean, so I, I like what you said about pouring, um, pouring into the youth. Uh, I think that, you know, I think it's going to go what, like, how do you say this? You're thinking about pouring into the youth. I feel like it has to be done by our friends and our family, yes. uh, you know, to us. us yes. We got to do it to them. Yeah. Uh, which will create a black excellence yes. that we all speak of. Snap, 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 snap. You snap. know, so I think that I think that's a necessity. And um, but yeah, but yeah, I gotta I'm gonna get back to some of this work and then yeah, um, I ain't messing with you. Like I got, I mean, it's not my day off because you, it, yeah, I got, you got your day off. And I got a whole nother doctor's appointment. I got doctor's appointments today. Like so, I got to get to this um, appointment. And yeah, but no, we're gonna continue this conversation because black excellence, baby, that's on the table. Because now I ain't coming for the kids, I'm coming for you grown parents. Nah, you grown adults, y'all ain't got to have no kids. But this sagging pants and this this love and hip hop and y'all ignorance, I'm a part, I'm talking to me too. But (laughs) we can't stop. I mean. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. It's me because we all ignorant sometimes. Like we of all, of course, because we, we all got we we all got ratchetness in us. Don't yeah. get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? But it's about it's, when, where, and how ooh, you do. We got to talk about the Black American culture because the Black American culture, if done right, what we are trying to grow it to be is, you know how you see all these memes, I love Jesus, but I'm a little ratchet or educated. It'd be like beautiful, educated, and a little bit of ratchet. You get what I'm saying? Like to Uh me, that is the Black American culture. Not all the way ratchet, all the way educated, but don't take me there because I can go there. You get what I'm saying? Like, because right. you can still get these hands. You can catch these hands any day of the week. I ain't messing with you, DJ. I holler. <laughs> <laughs> I holler. Bye bye. Just follow them eavesdroppers. Listen a little close, take advantage of what you hear. Our relatable thoughts can be contrasted and compared.